I love her. I love her very much. I've never had a feeling oh, like shut this. Up. And speaking of love, weren't you and I going to talk about that today? Yes, we were. But, well, couldn't you manage to arrange your time so you could have a little fun, too? Doesn't Jason look like a cult leader? I was going to say, um, like, a pottery teacher. Yeah. I just... I, wow. I just look, Ceramics. Diverse. Yeah, yeah I, just, I just look new wave. I just look like... Uh, like uh, I look polyamorous for sure. <laughs> I like. I like. Think you're gonna I explain do... it to a stranger what that is. Like, like I think. Yeah, I think. I like. Like. I, like. I explained to them that I'm polyamorous, and that means they have to have sex with me. I think <laughs> that that's the implication. What, that's the implication. That's that's mm-hmm. literally what it means. Free love. It's like free love for me. Mm-hmm. Only me. Only me. Not anybody else. Polyamorous means that I get to. And I get to tell you what to do. And you don't wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if, if I put my, my glasses down, I look like a bitchy theater critic. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you literally look like Anton Ego. My from God, Ratatouille. from Ratatouille? Yeah. In many ways, the job I, of a critic is easy. I have so many looks. It's just like, it is. You're so diverse. Satisfactory. But oh my God, no, I figured it out. <laughs> is it enough? Like. I know yeah, who you look yeah. like. It's um, who? Feminist bookshop owner. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my Fool God, me once. I like that it's such a diverse look for, even though it's like the most specific it's, it's, like, it's like my bookstore. It's like, well, we here think that, uh, we think feminist books are uh, created by the patriarch. So here, we just sell toasters. <laughs> we just, what, here we don't even what have is, books. We just recite beat poetry oh what a great segue into the movie that we're talking about this week i was so worried when uh when i realized this was about poetry because i hate poetry now because <laughs> as i've gotten older i've learned to despise slam poetry especially oh there but was a time when you liked it when i was like oh when i was like a drunk sad boy early 20s i used to pretend uh. i loved poetry so much because i was a douche I'm coming in mm. too hot right now. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm now hearing myself, but I stand by it. I, I was, <laughs> I was, a, I was just a lame brain, drunk, sad boy. I was like, oh yeah, but fucking poetry is that's what real art is. But really, everyone, no one likes it. No one likes it. You don't like it. Pointing at the camera. <laughs> you would just like I eat cigarettes I... and read old books that smell like mothballs and. Yep. And put them back in your tote bag and then walk down the street to another bookstore. Mm-hmm. Insufferable. Probably. Can we normalize <laughs> eating cigarettes and not cleaning out my tote bag and gaslighting girls about the poetry they like? As long as we criminalize po- uh, slam poetry, then I'm fine. I'm for <laughs> it. I know. Okay, All in favor, oh. vote aye. A. Aye. Vote A. a. Because wow. I know, I know, we, I know, we're gonna we had to do the introduction or whatever. But there's one thing I just want to <laughs> think about before. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm peeking before the movie opens with like the early '90s San Francisco queer poetry oh alternate scene. But I love how much yeah. that it, how weirdly that ages today. Because can you imagine a San Francisco queer poetry slam where everyone is super excited to listen to a white hetero guy complain about his girlfriend? Yeah. That is no, that is no longer in poetry slams anymore. Dude, but in this same no. beat, the guy who got up before him I love to him. tell. 
uh, who, to recite his poem about how he has to apologize to all the aliens who abducted him because he had an anxiety attack on the mothership and, like, freaked them all out is the most Gen Z thing ever. Yeah. And 100% still stands up. Uh, I'll put, put a pin in that. Because uh, I have, we'll I have circle something, back. We'll cir- we'll circle I have back something to talk about. That God, God stay agile, you know. That Gen Z connection <laughs> you just pointed out is something that I was thinking the entire time I watched this movie. Oh, interesting! Wow, a common thread that may come up later in the episode. Yes. Interesting. Wow. Well, here at VomCom, we love structure and we only do things in order. So you're going to notice a lot more structure these days in the next few episodes. (laughs) Lots of organization, everything very buttoned up. And I can't think of any more corporate jargon, but just imagine it here. No more outside of the box thinking, Mm -hmm. strictly within the confines of this box. Mm -hmm. We'll double click on that later. This is very triggering to me. <laughs> Sorry, girl. Okay, what comes first, synopsis? First, we should do a land acknowledgement. We'd like to acknowledge that the recording of this podcast takes place both in the region of Peel, which is part of the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit, and Ottawa, which was built on unceded Anishinaabe Algonquin Nation territory, and Montreal, which is situated on the traditional territory of the Kenyan Kahaka. Awesome. Nice. Great job. Guys, what movie are we doing today? Jason. You should say Enjoy it. Because I was, uh, when... Say it with time. When I was... Well, that's what's hard. Because when I was asked to do this podcast, I was given three choices to choose from. And I threw them all in the garbage because they, <laughs> they wanted to do like a Halloween, October themed rom-com. And I brain blasted to a movie I hadn't thought about in 20 fucking years. So I Married an Axe Murderer. Starring Mike Myers. That is the sound of 12 listeners going, what? Yeah, this is, hey. uh, yeah, it's, it is a movie that did happen. And I, I've, I always kind of qualified this movie as perfect cottage movie. This, do you know what I mean? It's mm. like a movie, like you go to a cottage and it's like a dusty VHS that you pop yeah. in and everyone. Yeah. Yeah. There's like yeah. five VHSs. Maybe two of them are broken. So really there's only three. And then no. you guys watch them a lot because. And have a ones. great time. Yes. It's a perfect yeah. cottage family movie. You know what that was for me? Um, like a lot of DVDs of Thunderbirds, the 1960s marionette TV show from the UK. I do not remember Thunderbirds. I do not know I Thunderbirds. I do not know what that I is. I didn't know about it either until I stayed at a cottage one time. Wow. I thought that was going to be a show about like an 80s cartoon show. The way it sounded. Another one of mine was Animal starring Rob Schneider. (laughs) Which which stars, which blew my mind because I didn't understand because the romantic lead, the romantic female lead in Animal was played by a woman who was on Survivor. And it broke my brain because as a child, I was just learning that really film and television isn't real. But all of a sudden there was a real person I recognized on a movie. I'm like, but you, you. You told me this is not real. But like, okay, this time that one's real. <laughs> what the real. heck? Wow. But anyway, we're not here to talk about The Animal starring Rob Schneider. Also, yet. if any if, if any of you listeners don't recognize the voice, those are the dulcet tones of Jason Houle, who's the co-host of You Should Check Out Podcast. He's graciously agreed to be our co-host, a guest host this week on our 12th episode ever, which is great. That wow. is Jason. Thank you for having me. Thank should you, I do more you, of like an you. NPR voice? It's like... Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Thanks for coming. It it it, it yeah. kind of undercuts my weird chaotic tone. <laughs> <laughs> you try, you try an NPR voice. Uh, okay. Um, 
So joining us today is Molly is uh, Catherine Ramachandran and Molly, I I don't know her last name. I've never known. Make something up. Make something up. Molly McGargle. That's actually really close. (laughs) It's close. (laughs) One can can only assume she changes her name because it's disgusting. (laughs) That was good, buddy. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me read y'all. Y'all, Paula Dean. Let me... (laughs) Let me read you the synopsis of this movie on the IMDb. On the IMDb. So I married an axe murderer. A San Francisco poet who fears commitment suspects his girlfriend may have a knack for killing off her significant others. I'm in. Do you know? (laughs) In. Sign me up. Do you know that I only just found out that he was a, like, his profession was poet through that synopsis? What? Well, I, did you notice? Like, he was doing it. In the movie, but I the whole time, not the whole time, I was just like, what is his job? No. I thought he was a cop with his no. friend. <laughs> I, they, they do let him in the, pre- the precinct, but. Yeah, they let him in and he goes on the tour of Alcatraz with him. Like He does. Well, but there I was think literally that, no reason for them to go to Alcatraz in this movie. There was it no. It was reason. so weird. It's, yeah, it was just like, I, I think it's just because the whole movie really is like a San Francisco love fest. Even down to later, like later in the movie, like even uh, like when they just, they, the, uh, they're they just laying in bed together. And, She's and scratching his back. And, and But it's all San yeah. Francisco locations that didn't make any sense. And then at one point mm. he kind of, he kind of Was this movie like, sponsored by the city of San Francisco? What do we think? It might have been. <laughs> It could have been because, like, the the movie is so San Francisco. And one thing I like, there's a shot of him chilling on his rooftop in one scene, and it looks fresh out of the room, which is also based in San Francisco. Oh, my God, yes, yes, yes. I had that thought also. Yeah, but uh, in terms of the profession thing, the the only way you can know that that's his profession, other than the fact that he does a lot and he has his band, um, when he performs his first poem – the host of the show says, like, our own Charlie. Like, like so he's, oh. like, he's like a resident poet of that Got venue. Got it. That really cool venue. <clears throat> I just didn't understand because I didn't know that you could, like, have a profession as a poet in the 90s. Yeah. Like I thought, it's just something you this did. This is after a you fiction movie, five, you know. This is they, a movie. Yeah. <gasps> this is. They should have the said at some point when fiction when he was getting to know his partner, uh, Henry. Wait, what was it Henrietta? What was her name? Harriet. 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 Uh, at some point, they should have said like, <laughs> "Oh, like I've like like they throw in some exhibition, like, oh, I've had a couple books of my poetry published." Yeah, but they did it because like he doesn't do anything throughout the day. I whatever. I was just like, he just drives around. Yeah. Looking at women like this, pulling down his sunglasses. So like, goofy, Hello? so cartoonish. Hello. Hello. Okay, I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you the Wikipedia synopsis because it's, it's also good. So I Married an Axe Murderer is, 1990, is a 1993 American romantic black comedy film directed by Thomas Schlamm <laughs> and starring Mike Myers and Nancy Travis. Myers plays Charlie McKenzie, a man afraid of commitment until he meets Harriet, who works at a butcher shop and may be a serial killer. Myers also plays his own character's father, Stuart. It, yeah, it. Which yeah. again, like the Alcatraz scene, did that need to happen? The family. No. It's just it's the ultimate uh, '90s trope at that time. Is like you get yeah. a star SNL uh, character actor, mm-hmm. and I I was uh, I was amazed by the restraint that he's only the dad. 
yeah, I was when that scene was showing up, I was like, here we go. He's the mom. He's the brother, all that yeah. stuff. And then it was just the dad. And I I actually also went. Oh, yeah. OK. Like they, they just went a little bit far because I like I or it would have been it would have been three different uncles. Yeah. If they had the very... CG technology they had today, they would have photoshopped his face onto the little curly red haired kid. I love that kid. You're right. I, that's one of those. Um, I love watching this movie because it's like, you know, those like nostalgia laughs where you laugh at something and then you also remember how hard that made you laugh when you were a kid. That was me watching yeah. this movie with like that, that because I guess it's his Charlie's Mike Myers, his younger brother, much younger brother. He's this kid yeah. with like a, with an Afro curly hair and he has a large head who's and his father always makes fun of his head. And I remember uh, to a point where he doesn't, he calls, his name is William, but he only calls him head. And at one point he says like, oh, like he'll be, cr- <laughs> he'll be crying himself to sleep on his giant pillow. That, but that, that joke was <laughs> that actually one, very funny. I, I, that, that was I funny. That, that joke, like that was like a fall off the couch joke when I was like seven. <laughs> Molly, do you want to give some context to this film? Yeah. Okay. So I, nothing from what I could tell on the internet from a brief search, told me whether or not this movie was sponsored by the city of San Francisco, but I believe it was. (laughs) Uh, This movie came out in 1993, which was one year after Wayne's World, the, like, pretty huge success of Wayne's World, which was also, like, decidedly Mike Myers, like, real breakout movie role after SNL. So, like, he was massively popular from that and so this movie was kind of a vehicle for him it seemed like he had a lot of control over it and um like a lot of the articles that i read made a point of saying that like mike myers had such a huge ego even early in his career that he made them refilm certain scenes and he was clashing with everyone but personally i think it sounded like he just wanted a high quality product like yeah. the clashes were mm-hmm. like oh i want to refilm this scene not like not like making not like um what's his face making shelly duvall do a take 80 times until she cried it wasn't like that yeah. it was like just uh, wanting a better product yeah. so i don't know anyways that, that, he, that I, is, he's known i think he's known yeah. as a bit of a perfectionist yeah. Right, and th- that's the thing with a lot of like uh, people that kind of like sp- like not spread. I'm not gonna be like a huge celebrity defender, but a lot of people love to like talk about how like oh so and so such an asshole. Like you hear oh about god, like yeah. a lot of like like oh my god, I was like I was Paris Hilton's PA. She made me get her a diet coke at eight p.m. Like Psycho yeah, okay. Behavior. Straight to jail. Get, did you get paid for doing your job, PA? Like, why are mm-hmm. you, like, <laughs> sorry you had to go do your job? And it's like, yeah, okay. He or those stories you hear of, like, actors on set, and it's like, the actor, they just came in, and they acted, and then they left, and they didn't even hang around and say hello to any of the stage hands or, like, eat at craft services. And it's like, okay, like, <laughs> but yeah, that's not so, part of the job description. You know, yeah, they not, came and they not, did their job. Yeah, they're not you know? running for, they're not running for president. Yeah. It's, yeah. Why do you, why does it have to be social hour? Hello, we're all at work here. Anyways, Hello. that's a whole nother thing. Hello. <laughs> um, okay, so a little a little bit of other like I'll keep it I'll keep it tight, but a little bit of other information is that actually um, Woody Allen was also considered for the role of Charlie who who ended up being oh. played by Mike Myers. I Interesting. See that. I, Woody Allen. I yeah. That does that that seems it. Yeah, that fits the bill for the time. Yeah, I could have seen it too. I could have, I would have been happy either way. You know what? Yeah. In another, in another, yeah. you, know, you know, the time authority, whatever, from Loki, and it splits off in different timelines. <laughs> in another timeline somewhere, um, Woody Allen was Charlie and Harriet was played by Sharon Stone, yeah. which was actually 
the person who was supposed to play Harriet, but she ended up not taking the role because she got the role and then looked at it and went, okay, so Mike Myers is playing two characters. I want to play two characters too. I want to be this. I want to be both sisters. I want to be Rose and Harriet. <gasps> that would have made and, sense. I was, right? I was against that. I was against that, but then that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes more sense than him playing himself and his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because, yeah, anyways, I'm not going to get into it, but maybe later. <laughs> anyways, mm-hmm. so... So she wanted to play both, and the the movie studio was like, oh, we don't really want you to play both. Literally no reason given. Just They just didn't want it. Mm. So then Women she, are not funny. Women aren't funny. Like, get a clue, ladies. All these females out here <laughs> thinking they can string some words together to get some yucks. Hello. Hello. Get real. Get real. Anyways, so I think it would have been very. I think it would have been very funny and 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 actually, I I don't really know that I've seen Sharon Stone do comedy, but she obviously does unhinged very well. So I think that it could have been really fun. Um. However, anyways, she ended up not taking either role because she couldn't yeah. do both. So Amanda Plummer was amazing as mm-hmm. Rose, though. Like, if like yes, like Sharon Stone double would have made more sense, but Amanda Plummer as Rose is so good. I love her voice. Very good. Yeah. It's so cute. She's too. such a nutter. She's so She's like good. a little she's like a little mouse who smokes. Yeah. That's what she sounds like. <laughs> yeah. She's so good. She's a little mouse who smokes. You're right. Why is her voice familiar? What is she doing? She been was in? in the opening she from the opening not the opening scene. She was in Pulp Fiction. Um oh. She was Honey Bunny in Pulp Fiction. Uh she's in a bunch. Let me see. Yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, That's she's, she's one of those like Hall of Fame bit and everything kind of actors. Yeah, the Judy Greer. The Judy Greer. Oh, Judy Greer. Mm-hmm. If, if you if you oh. need a stepmom in a movie, you get Judy Greer. <laughs> if you need a best friend who's also a stepmom, mm-hmm. you get Judy. If you need an ex ex girlfriend that's also your ex stepmom to your kids, Judy Greer. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I married Mike an ex stepmom. So what? <laughs> So what? Who cares? Uh, so Mike Myers, hot off the presses, very popular. Mm-hmm. I saw briefly the reception of this movie on IMDb. It has six point five out of ten. I think it should be mind boggling. Higher. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what? I think it's a seven point five. Whoa. What the? Okay, I, I think it's um. There, there's a good. I I, I think it might have been Roger Ebert that said it, or someone else. One of the critics when the movie came out. It's. It's a cape. I think that they put it as I'm paraphrasing a capable movie that has a great movie in it. Yes, and it and it mm. doesn't that seed mm. doesn't come out because there's a <gasps> vision. There's a vision in this movie, but as it gets later, there's so many plot holes and mm. and they they, I, they wrote themselves because the they they made Harriet such a mysterious character because mm-hmm. you can't have too much of her backstory without spoiling that she. Uh, they're spoiling that she isn't the axe murderer, but mm-hmm. so because of yeah. that, she Uh-oh, is a complete... spoiler to anyone listening yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, she's a completely unrealized character because of it, because mm-hmm. she doesn't help that much in to save him at the end, because uh, like his yeah she doesn't his his, uh, his friend saves him, and she she's kind of unrealized for that, but that. The first half of the movie is kind of cool where she just has that mysterious, like, I might be a fucking serial killer. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Imagine if they took out the entire character of the dad 
Just yeah. gone. All of that screen time. Gone. Take out the Alcatraz scene. Dedicate half of that to, like, their relationship. Instead of it just being a wordless montage, actually show them having bonding moments. Yes. Instead of just saying, I trust you. Our relationship is great. Hey, guys. Screenwriter 101. I've never taken yeah. this course. But anyone who did take this course <laughs> knows. Show, don't tell, baby. Right? Yep. So it's like... Yeah. The back scratching wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough, okay? I wanted yeah, to see yeah. it on screen. Um, but like, but like had, and also you're right, had they had her save Charlie at the end. Look, the best friend already made the call. That was the con- contribution he had to do, got done mm. check. And then the rest could have been her. And then it would have been more of like a whammy at the end. It really should have. You know? it, yeah. it, uh, watching it, it really was a missed opportunity when, uh, when like, it's a hilarious scene when like, um, when his friend is interrogating her, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, the, and Charlie and Rose, the axe murderer, on the roof, and she is actively trying to stab, uh, chop him up with an axe, and you can hear mm-hmm. it on, you can hear the mm-hmm. sounds of him dying, and mm-hmm. then he's just like, and you can hear him screaming. It's just a very Austin Powers joke. You because mm-hmm. you see so many seeds of Austin Powers in this movie, and then his yeah. his friend is just smoking a cigarette. Like, let me get this straight. You're not the killer? And there's just, like, the, the axe sounds oh in the God. background. Oh, it's so good. So fucking funny. Also, like, it's kind of this kind of gets onto another chip in my shoulder that I have with this movie. And, again, don't get me wrong. I would rate this movie highly because it's very... It's a good romp. It's a, yeah. it's a caper. It's very fun. But the main love interest, this character, Harriet, what do we know about her? And I don't it's... mean her history of, like, yeah. the things that have happened to her. I mean, what do we know about her? as a person and how much more of an interesting story would it have been there's so much you can reveal about her character her interests without without ruining the story so you essentially have this like i know maybe this is me picking it apart but like literally that's what this podcast is about so i'm gonna get like in the weeds um you have (laughs) a character who's like so the the potential so interesting and she's a a manic pixie like yeah yeah it's 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 disappointing it's it's disappointing uh, because i've been watching this as a kid and realize like realizing how little they do with harriet was disappointing like Mm. Like, like her being a butcher is cool. Like, I, I like that she's a butcher. But then after that, it's just kind of plot holes where, like, her secret, like, uh, her secrecy, once it once the payoff comes out at the end, her secrecy doesn't really make much sense. And then you're just left with, yeah. like, my name is Harriet. Yeah. Stares no. off into the distance. And also the fact that they set her up as a literal butcher in, like, the first half of the movie but then he gets worried that she's going to poison him and not use a butcher knife or perhaps, mm, I don't know, an axe. Like, I just literally, yeah. I was frustration the whole movie. It was just like tiny plot holes yeah. and things that were just kind of dumb. Oh, yeah. And there's still yeah. something I really can't get out of my mind. So in the movie, when he, the first time he, he sleeps with Harriet, there's this ongoing theme. Before he has any suspicions that she might be a serial killer... She falls asleep and she starts screaming in terror in her sleep the name Ralph. She and then it's just, and it's, it's, she keeps screaming the name Ralph, and uh, and then uh, he becomes suspicious because he finds out that the third victim of an anonymous serial killer named Mrs. X hmm. killed a man named Ralph. So he, so he's like, oh, okay, she killed Ralph. But then it turns out that Ralph is her female friend. But also, she was also married to a guy named Ralph. What is it? 
is her that friend. That was yet yeah. another scene where she yeah. didn't. That scene didn't need to happen either. Yeah. That was like and, dead air to me. They literally her, introduce her just for that gag. Yeah. And like if her name. Okay. But here's the thing. If sh- her friend was Ralph, like that scene, like we're supposed to believe it because that's what happens. She says like, mm-hmm. oh, this is Ralph. Everyone, this is Ralph. Then why is she screaming in fear, Ralph, at night? Yeah, you got me there. Makes no sense. There's a lot of plot holes in this movie. <laughs> Lots of plot holes. Also, I I do want to say I just remembered that like in in regards to her not revealing much about herself and like the classic '90s thing of like just pretty lady love interest no backstory she's a butcher and then literally when he's who speaks russian and then when he's at her butcher shop we learn more about him at her butcher shop yeah he literally introduces himself he's like hi my dad's a butcher i helped a lot can i help you she's like oh amazing and like she's like frantic i thought she had like the way that it seemed like she was running her store was that she had just been like uh I'll buy this butcher shop. Mm-hmm. I'll pretend to be a butcher. Did you see the way she was cutting that steak? Like a psycho. Like yeah. an axe murderer. It's, like an absolute it's, psycho. It's, 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 it's what I think it's it's the what screwed them over is because is I truly think they're like we have to keep as many ca- uh, of her cards close to her chest because we want to convey mystery and 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 like an ominous threat. But mm. that, and, but when it, that when it comes out that it's not her, that's just Rob time. Yeah. yeah. The lady who, yeah, the lady who played Harriet was in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and that's why I know. Oh. Her. Which one was she? She, she was, the, was the white mom. <laughs> <laughs> she was the white stepmom. Oh my god. She was the white stepmom of um, America Ferrera, I believe. Oh. Yeah. Because America Ferrera shows up at her dad's and she's like, why did you leave? I don't remember seeing her in anything else. Like, when I was watching this movie, I don't, I didn't recognize her. Apparently, she was in Three Men and a Little Lady. And a huh? Little Lady. And a Little Lady. Sorry, is that the name of the movie? That's the sequel to Three Men and a Baby. <laughs> so. It's Three Men and a Little Lady because she's like five or six Is it now? the same yeah. kid? I don't know. That's a good question. A better question is, is, have you seen it? Not the sequel, no. I bet this is what I, I bet if Zoe Merida Max, I bet if this movie blew up, she, she, like, we would, I would have known. Like, I would be much, she would have had a much more, because I think this was her breakout, like, romantic lead role, but it just, the movie did <laughs> yeah. kind of flop. Yeah, well, it did. As far as first roles go, this one was a bit niche, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, Molly. we're gonna talk about how this movie was available on CTV.ca for free streaming. Free, yeah, free <laughs> streaming with thirty-six ads you have to watch through the whole. Yep. Yeah. It was brutal. That's it was. Ev- That's why I didn't bother with it. I was like, it said ads, lots of ads, and I said no. Was, oh, no, no I no, saw no. I saw the ad markers, but I assumed, I assumed it'd be like like a YouTube ad where it's like fifteen seconds where you can skip. It's like four minute long commercials that you have to watch tv like, rules baby horrendous how did we used to watch tell we used to in, in, uh, engage in media like that that's how we yeah, used dude. to live think about how slow the you internet used to be when dial-up was around we become used to these modern like labor saving techniques having everything at our fingertips at all times but really real eyes realize real lies mike meyer can we? Wow. Can, Beat poetry. Can we talk about one thing? If I were to watch this movie 
10 years ago. So let's say 2011, if I watched this movie, I would have been like, yeah. oh, look how people used to dress. Like, I would have felt very nostalgic. Like, oh, these people dress so kind of funny. But what's so funny, like, we're at this time, because fashion's become cyclical, every character yeah. in this movie looks like they're from today. Especially mm-hmm. Mike Myers. He has mm-hmm. the TikTok Gen Z uh, mid-cut. He looks like a TikTok boy. The mushroom and cut came which, back. Yeah. Which is which is why when he walked into the butcher shop, I, I to myself went, hold on. <laughs> Cat, I Do fucking I think knew. Mike okay. Myers is I this, fucking knew it that you would is... have a crush on someone no, in this movie and it would be young TikTok Mike Myers in a butcher is, shop yeah, having a meet cute with an axe murderer. <laughs> a meet cute. M-A-T. Cute. Cute. Well, okay, That's the joke this... in iZombie, bro. That's I the name zombie? of the butcher <gasps> shop in iZombie. It's meat cute. Uh, oh, this guy, I don't know it. Nice. But this is what I was curious, because when I was watching this movie, it is like, it is Mike Myers, Austin Powers, mm-hmm. Dr. Evil, Wayne's World, the cat in the hat, as a <laughs> romantic lead. And I'm sort of, and, and it's it's very 50-50, because sometimes when I watch this movie, I think he's super cute. I think... Yeah, so cute, so handsome. But then sometimes I see Mike Myers. I'm like, ah, yeah. So, cat, you think he's cute? It was. I was like, don't backpedal now, bitch. How can I? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, how can Mike Myers be the romantic lead in this movie? And like, obviously, I know it was silly, especially from the beginning when he gets handed that huge soup bowl of coffee of a latte (laughs) cappuccino. Also, which it was great. But the way that they fucking made that latte stressed so me weird. the fuck out. It's it was it's so gross it's, and like it's visceral. A I hated I it. I love one thing. I thought I I, I thought they this movie. Their fingers in it or something? I can't remember. They're just. Yeah. It was like straight from the sink. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. It whoa. was yeah. The the opening scene is like Jack Kerouac Road, <laughs> whatever, and then it goes into it goes into the the place. And then it's it's you're seeing all these people and then it goes uh, to the left and it's like behind the bar or whatever. And someone is washing this big ass fucking mug very like haphazardly, like just wetting it and then hands it to someone. They like wipe it like the quickest kind of swipe. And then as he's handing it off, like as the towel is being removed from the mug, there are two little mugs that get placed in it and then coffee gets poured in espresso i'm assuming mm-hmm. and then hands off to somebody else and then just shoveling a swoosh of uh steamed milk and it's like sloshing what, like nilly yeah it oh was all it was the most willy-nilly thing i've ever bro i'll tell it. you it where like the real psychopath people. in this movie was it wasn't rose it was yeah. the fucking baristas at this cafe i loved it yeah it took four baristas <laughs> to make this one soup bowl of cabbage oh, that is yeah. not best practice <laughs> No, I will tell you right now, it is not. I I, I don't know. That was stressful. And then it gets handed. It gets handed to him, and he's like, "Um, "Excuse me, I need more cappuccino." Like, hello. And then he says, "That's the first thing." It's such a weird way to begin it because it because I because the (sighs) scene in the scene in dialogue directly after that, it's, it's a hard cut. After he goes, hello, yeah. and he's very charming, down energy, and has a great yeah. bit of dialogue. But before that, yeah. it's a hard cut to go like, can I get some more uh, coffee with this? What, what the, whatever the fuck he said. He goes, hello. Whatever the fuck. Yeah. And, and then immediately cut, he sets it down and then turns to his friend. I ordered the large cappuccino. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, and, yes. And, and, and <laughs> the then, job remembering. And then he goes cartoonishly hello. And then a hard cuts and goes, I mean. And then he goes very cute and innocent. And goes, I mean, like, look at the size of this thing. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah. And, and oh, don't forget. Like, he throws in, like, five more little, like, little jokes. He's like, oh, he yeah. Say? No, I wrote it down because I was like, I got to remember this. It says, ah, my side. Please, aidez-moi. Yeah, aidez-moi. Yeah. And I was like, he's like throwing in all these jokes. I was like, did Cat write this? Like all these gags? <laughs> yeah. It's. Yeah. Oh my God. And then, so like. That's very upsetting after the last thing you asked me that I wrote was extraordinary. They're both yours. The you, two. You were a, you were a both contributor mine, you know? to this one and you wrote extraordinary by yourself. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. With Amy That's editing. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, it does a hard cut from his very big, broad thing, and then he sets it down, and then he's talking all naturally to his friend dressed in a zoot okay, suit. and this is what I wanted to bring like, up. Um, what is his, it, Jason? Let it out. His friend, it, uh, th- th- okay, so I was listening to the uh, the Dan Harmon podcast where they talk about, with uh, this guy, a comedian Jim Schraub, where they talk about this thing, uh, it's a trope in movies called The Monopoly Guy. And it's okay. in reference to okay. in the Ace Ventura movie, he's at a fancy ball party and he sees this character that And he, looks, he knocks him out or something? Yeah, and, and he, you know yeah, and and you know and he looks like the Monopoly guy, right? Yeah. And the joke Do not pass the, go. Do not collect about two hundred dollars. Yeah. Whatever. I remember the, that gag so distinctly. Yeah. Go on. Well, uh, but this is the trope of the Monopoly guy, is because it's it's kind of it's very weak comedy writing because the thing is like like oh like because the joke is he he looks like the co- like the Monopoly guy but yeah because you wrote and directed and costumed him as the Monopoly guy like it's not it's supposed yeah. to be like this like innocuous like if you look on the street like if we're hanging out and I just noticed that Cat is wearing a monocle and a suit mm-hmm. then I'd be like Cat you look like Monopoly mm-hmm. guy and that's funny but like you wrote in the script uh, Ace Ventura walks up to a guy that looks like he's the Monopoly guy. And Ace Ventura says, it's the Monopoly guy. That's the entire plot of the movie um, Master of Disguise. <laughs> yeah. and yeah, It's and like, it's oh, like, this guy looks like this. Yeah, because you wrote that. Yeah. You you tailored all the circumstances in the universe to align yeah. so that that was the case. And that's the scene with his friend. He's just like, they like they wrote in like, um, Charlie looks over to his friend Tony, who is dressed like the pimp from Starsky and Hutch. Hey, you look like the pimp from Starsky and Hutch. Haha. <laughs> like, okay. Tony, what are you doing? But it ends up being a funny scene. I like when he goes like, "Hey, but when you come to see my parents tomorrow, could you not dress like a '70s pimp?" My my fa- my pa- my parents are eccentric. Yeah, I like that. I like that joke. <laughs> and his parents are eccentric. Why? Because they're Scottish. <laughs> because they're Scottish. They're... they're not from the continent. They're from the <laughs> Highlands. <laughs> Actually, this is a great opportunity. <laughs> this is a great opportunity for us to segue into the thing that i wanted to talk about which was all the gags all of the big gags that they do some of which in my opinion my humble opinion are to great success great success Mm. it's a funny specifically yeah i really like yeah i laughed out loud okay i lol can i tell you guys what my two favorite one of them isn't even a joke it's just the fucking accent of this like this the whole scottish thing it's like what do we know about scottish people okay they like haggis okay um Sean Connery, mm-hmm. Robbie Burns, and the fucking mm-hmm. accents. Yeah. And then, like, there's one mm-hmm. line where the mom is talking about something she read in News of the World, and she's like, 
her whereabouts are still unknown and it's like so exaggerated <laughs> and, and i just loved it so his much. mom was so sweet i loved his except they kind of fucked up the mom yeah except they fucked up the mom character by being so weirdly unfunny sexually aggressive to uh mike myers friend and it literally what was the payoff of that joke there's no payoff it, it's not it stops funny. the movie it stops the movie dead in its tracks every time that they do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's and they so always weird. linger. It's like, also, it's not even just like a joke that they're like, okay, let's see if people like it and then we'll move on. They literally linger for so long on mm. it. And it's like, it's not funny. Like, I just don't, it's just not funny to me. And, and it comes I just back don't know later. when no. it was ever funny. It, it comes back later at the wedding too. It does? Yeah. yeah. But it's she's even She's literally like I might have clocked this, out, she's, dude. Oh, she's got two handfuls <gasps> of cop ass. She's yeah. just digging right into his kilt and like pulling him over on top of her at the wedding. <gasps> yeah. No, it's 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 weird. So that's the no, but but it adds to because normally the mom is so sweet, so cute, and so funny, and then she gets fucking Pepe Le Pewy, and then it gets so weird. weird. <laughs> uh, Ugh, yeah. A surprise bit role by Alan Arkin in this movie. Oh, yeah, he, that's oh, a great that's character. That was, he was I, so fucking funny. I, oh, that, was that was so good. I loved I him. Died. I thought that was so funny. There was such a clever thing to do with that character is the nice police chief that is just so kind and understanding, but he's trying to be mean because that's what they want. Dude, that's like, a really good joke. They could have done so more funny. with yeah. I've literally and, never seen that anywhere else. I know it's so funny, and then yeah. he's like, he's and he and he and he he realized he's like workshopping it, and is and it, <laughs> it's so good. Oh. Uh, maybe this is, maybe this is too brutal. There's a Michael Richards cameo in this movie. Which one's that? Oh yeah, Kramer from Seinfeld. Kramer. Oh, I, I just know him as Kramer. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then what's very because in a, it's a funny scene where Kramer or Michael Richards gets very upset. He about the thing that lot. he got in trouble for in real life. And well, he gets he gets very upset. This this scene it's kind of cursed now because when you watch that scene, it's like it it has the same vibe as his laugh factory incident where he's like look he looks over to the to to the to the crowd of onlookers and he's screaming at them like oh I'm a bad guy look at me I'm a, and it it's a cursed scene now because it's and yeah. it's eerie actually it's very How, eerie How yeah similar it is to the real it's, life incident. Just that cadence he has, I'm like, Eesh. yeah. And then the joke that ends all that caps all of that is the other guy he was talking to goes, "He was my." Rest. That was actually very funny. <laughs> it's just, um, one of uh, I think one of my favorite, other than the Alan Arkin workshopping his mean detective, his mean police commissioner mm-hmm. role, it's just a small thing. And this is a joke I would say if I went to a girl's apartment because uh, he goes in and Harriet's apartment is so kitschy. And it's just filled oh, with I know ass. which joke you're gonna say. And I oh, love it. Go ahead. yes, it, it's filled with Please, yeah. so many, too. so many kitschy things. And then there's a uh, yeah, and then it, and there's a giant, giant that the eye can't look look away. It's a giant like uh, painting of Atlantic City, and it just comes in. It's just yeah. like, well, it's a nice place, but I tell you, I think it really needs a way too big, oversized painting of Atlantic City. Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's. That's my favorite joke. It was so it was so well done, and the sounds of him the best joke. Yeah, actually, okay, no wait. My absolute favorite joke in the whole movie is very like 
the Muppets meets Three Stooges, which is where he goes into the closet with the glass door yeah. and knocks oh over. Oh my god! He, he closes himself in the closet with the glass door and accidentally knocks over the shelf on top of him, and like the infinity of clutter just falls on him and fills up the entire window, and then he opens the door and it all falls out, and it is so beautiful and perfect in its simplicity. I it's love so that cute. joke. I yeah, love that gag. That's a very good the gag. Before, because it's like um. Because they, they just got in a fight because he's now suspecting that his girlfriend that he's in love with is a murderer. And he thinks she's trying to poison yeah, him with a smoothie. And then it's just that moment was just like... <laughs> Which, they, by they, the way, ooh, yeah. I did not like the fact that that smoothie looked like... It was it not a smoothie. Like someone had gone to the soda, the f- soda fountain and did the thing where you put a little bit of each drink in the drink. Swamp water, And that's yeah. what came out. Yeah. And she's like, it's a health smoothie. Girl, it has strawberries. In what universe? Why is it fizzing, Queen? And also, like, drink this double. It's a huge glass. Drink, drink two pints of juice right now, or you don't love me. Two pints. She literally comes out of nowhere. Didn't ask him if he wants fucking juice. Also, she was working on one glass of juice for half an hour. Uh, Cat Ramachandran, beverage critic, at it again. (laughs) Cat D, what's your what's your favorite joke? (laughs) That one, the one Molly. Um, I don't, oh, I can't remember the one I laughed out loud the most at. Have we mentioned it already? I think so. I do so. love that, like, uh, he's going to cry himself to sleep on his huge pillow when he's just, he's just <laughs> mocking his son with his big head. And he just, he's being so mean and the joke keeps going. And the other character's like, can you stop? You're being very mean to your child. He's like, it's like, it's fucking oh, yeah. huge. His fucking head is like a uh, orange on a toothpick. I genuinely am trying to think of the, of the the part that I laughed the loudest at because I remember laughing very loud and aggressively but I can't remember at what because I'm just remembering all of the parts that made me cringe was okay you know another part that made me kind of like cackle like I I honked a little bit like one of those like it was a surprise (laughs) that it was so funny was um when you when Rose comes up behind him with the axe and he sees that Mm. she is the axe murder for the first time and connects it all no jokes. He just goes, "What the fuck?" I was gonna <laughs> say, "Thank you, that. thank you for." Oh, because because she slams she slams the axe down. Yeah. I wrote that too. That I'm not kidding you. That's one of the best what the fucks I've ever heard in a movie. It's, it's so, so good. It's just the timing is perfect. His facial expression. He really like hammers home each. It's <laughs> perfect. It's and the it's like, best. Yeah. It's the best what the fuck ever done in movies. It's so good. What did but, you think about them? The because uh, like as the movie goes on, uh, Harriet's his girlfriend has this weird sister. Rose is his mm-hmm. sister. Yeah. Rose has this sister yeah. that's very weird, but doesn't <laughs> isn't around at all in any impactful way throughout the movie, and then comes out. Turns out she's the axe murderer at the end, who is killing yeah. all of Harriet's husbands and then making her think that she they left her. Yeah. And then then it just turns out she's the killer. But what did you think about the final showdown between the two? I thought that the showdown was like good in the sense of she really tried to murder yeah. him. But it was very funny because after she like <laughs> after she swings down the axe gets the phone immediately she goes, "It was me. I was the axe murderer the whole time." Yeah. Like immediately. She, uh, after his what the fuck, yeah. he he's like processing it, and before he can even be like, "It was you," she was just like, "Let me let me save you the trouble." It was, it was me. so good. <laughs> Amanda Plummer made such a fucking buffet 
out of this out yeah. of this role when she finally got to just is there a breakfast scene? oh that was oh. good oh that's another great joke it's like hey would you like uh coffee pancakes oh uh, yeah that's a good joke eggs? like yeah sure pulls up a board fruit loops i didn't have any of those <laughs> just hard cut to the fruit loops falling into yeah. the bowl that one was good I no milk one. either no milk in uh, sight no milk, no milk. Just dry just dry <laughs> let's normalize dry fruit loops yeah. <laughs> this is the real platform for today it's the agenda yeah sure i'm looking through my notes about other things that i want to bring up before um Oh, weird thing that in because uh, on their honeymoon they go to uh, put like a slam poet themed hotel because Mike Myers is a slam dude. poet, and <laughs> then the poets weren't bad enough. I know, and then they do a bedding ceremony from Game of Thrones. Weird, yeah. Did you did you clock that? There's a scene where like uh, after mm-hmm. Mike Myers is called by his friend, in which his friend. Uh, mistakenly believes like okay no your your wife is the murderer you need to get out of there then they mm-hmm. do like this chair dance where everyone in the hotel oh. cheers for them to go consummate their marriage direct i hate which that. is did game of thrones steal that from her so i married an axe murderer <laughs> is did they definitely did i mm-hmm. I, I know george george martin That's worked what I on heard. like he worked on like films and television before Game of Thrones. He's a ghost. I would, sh- <laughs> I would for sure. shit I my pants if George R. Martin wrote for Sorry Married an Axe Murderer. Te- Once again, we said it before. Terrible title for this movie. Terrible. So I married an axe murderer like this. Yeah. You always have to cross. Yeah, your they're arms and like it's this. like they're back to back on the cover, crossing yeah. their arms and going womp yeah. womp, and then one of them's got an axe. Of course, one of them's got a bouquet of flowers, and the other one's got an axe. How about that? You guys like oh, it? Oh, that's so much better than the actual fucking poster. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a bunch. One of them's terrible. One of them's good. I'll remake it. I'll remake it our way. No. The VomCom edit. Yeah, you should. Director's think, cut. Um, I hated like the the meat. Oh, are we going to talk about things that we hate now? Can we talk about yeah. things that we hate? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I hated the uh the meat montage that went on oh. for way too damn long. Because uh, because horrendous. When he, Why when he are you goes, throwing it? Why are you yeah. making sex noises with the meat? Because yeah, also you're trying meat to make meat is first already impression. visceral enough. He's yeah. like he's yeah. like pretending to hump. Uh, how graphic can I be in this? He's like he's like Very. humping and making I'm coming faces while grinding the meat. I love she, how you didn't wait for us to answer. You just went ahead. I thought I heard Kat say whatever. <laughs> and then just and hit, then, the, hit the hit the hit the gas on that one. Yeah. And then Harry is just. Do it, Donkey! And then Harry's just like, ah ha ha, that's, that's so funny, stranger. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm gonna <laughs> pretend so charming to and ruining my casing. business. Yeah. And then, and then, and he's like massaging the meat, but pretending it's like, he's like a Swedish masseuse or something. And he's like, it's gross. It is. It's all gross. That whole scene was gross. How they were literally terrorizing the customers. And also like, how can one day, like, it's not like she put up a special that was like lamb- <laughs> 50% off. Yeah. Like the one day that he comes in, it's just the two of them. Their meet cute is just the two of them. He's the only mm-hmm. one in that store and she happens to sell haggis. And then the next day that he comes in, it's booming and there are angry old people in there like, I need my New York strip that guy, line. That actor though was such a believable asshole. He was mm. so, I'm pretty yeah. sure that he, he thought this was a real butcher because he's just like, Good. I was trying to look at his face to figure out if they put like extra eyebrows on him. <laughs> They might not have. He just has the Eugene Levy gene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Molly, what did you hate? Oh, I have so many things that I hated. First of all, the meat scene 
way too went on for way too goddamn long. Hated no. that. Awful. Um, I, as previously mentioned, did not like the Alcatraz scene. Uh, for what? And then uh, just to have just, for what I reason? Think just to have Phil Hart. No, hold up. Can I check something real quick? Because yeah. do, do you know do yeah. you know who that guard was? No. That actor. He looked familiar, but Phil I have no Hartman idea. From SNL, the actor who. Oh no, he was still alive. Uh, I thought maybe because because uh, he had been murdered by his wife. <gasps> I had thought, yeah. Uh, do you not know about this? No, he yeah, didn't. The really? Actor that pl- the actor he played Troy McClure and Lionel Hutch from The Simpsons. He was on Saturday Night Live. He uh, and he played the prison guard in this movie. He was I murdered. thought I recognized his voice. Yeah, he's Lionel Hutz, Troy McClure, and that's why that, that that's why Canadian. He's yeah, Canadian, and that's why Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure aren't on The Simpsons anymore because Phil Hartman was murdered by his wife. Oh my God, I remember his name being in the in the titles yeah. all the time. So, but so so that's what I was thinking because oh I was thinking God. like, okay, maybe they might have kept. Wait, him life imitates art. First with Kramer, and now with this. That's yeah. fucking scary, dude. Well, this movie is scary. Was this movie written by a psychic? It might have been. Let me see. God. Five years after he died, yeah. after he made this movie. Yeah. So, because okay, I was thinking they kept it in I because he might he might have just died and they want to keep it for his memory, but he didn't. The scene was just to have Phil Hartman because he was still really popular at the time. It's like, we have a scene with mm. Phil Hartman. We should put it in. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I hated was kind of an addendum to how horny the meat scene was, which was... Just mm-hmm. how this guy just like could not literally keep it in his pants at any point. And this is like one point where he's like, at one second she's making him tea, and then the next second he's running up the stairs behind her with his pants pop- pop- yeah. falling down. And I was like, the- oh, and it was yeah. giving me major toddler vibes. And I was so like squicked out by it. Not sex. Because what happened before, because I thought, because he was like, the scene before he was like, hey, I had such a great time with you. I really, really like you. I don't want to mess up like I normally do. I don't want to go too fast, so let's just leave and we can come back later. And then she goes, but you should stay. And then he goes, okay. And then he snaps and then he truly puts his pants down by his ankles like a toddler, follows her up the stairs excitedly and with his hands outstretched, like mommy mommy yeah. mommy yeah so uh, this was one of the things i was going to bring up for one of the things that i liked and then one of the things i hated so i actually when he was when she's making him the tea and then he's walking around and realizing that like if he stays any longer he's going to end up sleeping with her and like that's how all of his previous relationships and you can see some character yeah. growth okay you can see it there's substance in there and then he goes and he stands in the kitchen and he's like i think i should go because if we, I really want to kiss you, and if we, I kiss you, I'm gonna, we're gonna kiss on the couch, and if we kiss on the couch, we're gonna go up. I like, I kind of a good yeah. speech. He was saying, it, I was like, whoa, surprising nice. after all of this that had just happened, right? And then she goes, I want you to stay. He's like, I would be fine with that. And then she goes, tag your it. Yeah. Then runs away mm-hmm. like the manic pixie dream girl that she is. And then she's not, and then he immediately starts unbuckling his belt and i was trying to look at her to see if she was taking off stuff no he just straight up pulled down his pants ran up the stairs arms outstretched and i was like that ruined every every happiness i've ever because um look that whole thing of like setting it up it's a comedy right setting it up for character Mm. growth and then undermining it by being like haha psych let's go that's kind of funny it's kind of funny because it's like a little bit unexpected whatever you kind of left turn in the in the script but had they just like run off screen, then that would have been fine. But they just had yeah. to really make it painful. Yeah. yeah. 
Because they already did make it funny where he gave this big speech and she's like, I want you to say. He's like, yeah, that would be fine. I would yeah. be fine with and that. And cut. Yeah, that he's like, yeah, that's fine. I already have a boner. And cut. cut. <laughs> and then it just <laughs> keeps going. Even even if they did do a little like runaround, I hated the fact that she was like, tag your it. And then he chased her. Yeah. Like I that it could have just been a tiny bit different and it would have been what, much better. Um, what did you think... But that's with, like, so many things in this movie. Okay, is there any salvage... For, for, like, the, the ROM to the com, is there any salvageable ROMs to you? Because sometimes Mike Myers is cute. Like, did you, th- did yeah. you think... Because um, in the end of Act 2, the, uh, he breaks up with her because he's afraid that she's a murderer. And then they get back together, but she doesn't want to get back together because she blew it. Because he blew it. And then, in order to win her back, he performs poetry outside of her window. Did you like that? Yeah. Or did you roll your eyes so hard, Molly? Sorry, part of my brain is still processing the fact that you said mommy, mommy, mommy so quickly in quick succession. But um, the other part of me is thinking about how much, A, I hate poetry. I hate poetry. I hate slam poetry. Ask Amy. I've ranted to her so many times about this. That's what she, when she wants to taunt me and get me angry, she does slam poetry at me. It's my biggest button. I'll say, I hate it so much. There's nothing right about it. No, it's terrible. and, and, and to your earlier point, was there anything salvageable with the romantic part of it? Yes, the part where he came crawling back to her and she said, no, you fucked up. And yeah. because you did the bad thing, I know you'll do it again. And curtain. <laughs> Run the credits. <laughs> That's the good part to me. Also, her wedding dress was kind of cute and original. I like the, the hood. Yeah, it was cool. It was kind of like a, her little hoodie. It was a little bit like um, giving me like Galadriel kind of vibes. What was... What was yeah. her? Because every rom com in the nineties had like like her honeymoon dress. What was that dress? What's that dress called? Her honeymoon dress. The Chong Sam. That's what that is. Yeah. Every every yeah. every blonde woman in the nineties was wearing that. <sighs> yep. Oriental. Orient. <laughs> you can't say it. It's not a problem. <laughs> Orient. We win. Whites win. Whoa, whoa, Whites cat, take it. Cat, take a breath. Take a breath. Whites, Whites win. win. Whites win. Whites we have win. it now. You you didn't say it. I'm not with Orientalism. him. Orientalism. <laughs> the, the, the spell is broken. Oria lentil. Okay, no, 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 come on, you got this. One more time. Take it slow. Why am I saying lentil? <laughs> Orient Oria Ori- What is Orientalism. the word? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is it not? What is it? No, that's right. I just no, wanted to have you get it. It's experiential well, learning, okay? This is she how still won't, She still won't say it, right? Say it, Kat, say it. Oria lentilism. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Oreo. <laughs> no. Cat can't say the word. Orientalism. <laughs> What's happening? No, Orient Elva. Should we call the bombulance? Are you having a stroke? Bro, call the bombulance. This, what the fuck is this? Gaviscon or fucking MDMA? <laughs> Why am I trying to say Orientalism? It's in the back. Because of the dress that everyone in the 90s wore. Someone say it again, though. Orientalism. Because the thing is, or, orientalism Ori- oriental. sounds wrong. Orientalism. Oriental- orientalism. Oh, I can't. I can. Orientalism sounds half. It's a it curse. sounds like it's orientalism sounds like it's missing a syllable, but that's what it is. Yeah, that's why I'm adding. Yeah, two. stop it. Orientalism. Oria. Orient. Orientalism. <gasps> I did it. <laughs> I can't believe how long that. You fucking got that. Guys, that was genuinely hard. 
I couldn't get that. Oh, boy. I'm, like, out of breath. <laughs> I am tucking out. I mentioned how I hated the horny mom bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Notice, uh, uh, one, yeah. I watched Juno again, like, two weeks ago, which was amazing. Have you watched Juno recently? Interesting. I forgot how funny Juno Not was. recently. I lo- I, yeah, I rewatched Juno. I love Juno. But um, in the in the movie, there's a scene where like he, uh, Polly Bleeker says like, like, "Hey, why don't you date this girl?" And the Polly Bleeker says, "No, she smells like soup," kind of thing. And that's mm. in this movie. Mm-hmm. I wonder, yep. do women just smell like soup, or why is th- like why is this joke still around for thirty years? Did I miss years? that joke? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it was at the beginning when um his friend is talking to him about all of his exes. And he's just like, and he's like, what was wrong with this girl? She was a thief. uh, She was in the mafia. She was a thief. She smelled like soup. Yeah. I also hated when he went to his parents' house and his mom's like, why would you break up with her? You were so good together. I thought you were going to get married. And he's like, mom, you know, I'm terrified of marriage. (laughs) Mom, how many times do I have to give you this exposition? (laughs) I equate marriage to death. Remember? <laughs> and I did one that one thing I did like about I, what I did like about the mom, other than she was so sweet, it kind of showed she was like proto Facebook mom because it was just Facebook. Mm, yeah. But in the early '90s, Facebook was just uh, trashy tabloids and newspapers. Yeah. So she's so she's still feeling the same trope we have today of Facebook mom spreading misinformation on Facebook uh, online. Yeah. But she's like, but did you see this? This is the facts. And they're like, mom, no, that's yeah. Facebook. No, you can't. That's so weird how much this movie st- like resonates with us in 2021. Mm-hmm. Whoa. 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 Big way. Uh, forgive me if mine ears deceive me, but did someone mention the <laughs> T word? T word. Trope. Trope. Oh. Trope of the week, baby. I I am killing these transitions. I said trans. Cat, this is your podcast. I know. I was like, hello. Who was trans? Trans. Trans Transalentalist. Oh, I thought you said. I thought you said (laughs) trends. You said trans. You numpty. I said trans. You dingus. That is the most hot button T word. To be fair, not trope. Perhaps. Sorry. Go on. I'll cut all of that. (laughs) That doesn't sound like you. Oh, so, so okay. We're talking tropes. What the hell even? Yeah, I have. A, I would. What like the hell to, even is this trope? Um, put forward my suggestion for trope of the week, which is called "Beware of the Nice Ones." Mm. So that's the trope where it's always the unassuming character who ends up being like the biggest threat, and sometimes they're a threat because mm-hmm. they've been pushed over the edge, and they've always been so nice, and sometimes they're a threat because they seem kind of like dummies but they actually turn out to be very skilled in one in some way or they seem to be um uh, kind of non-threatening but it turns out that they're actually the villain stuff like that Mm -hmm. so other examples Mm -hmm. i made a little listicle for us other examples okay so a couple of ones that seem like nice and sweet but turns out there's Professor yes, Quirrell. Yes, that's one of Squirrel. them. So, <laughs> Professor Quirrell is one of the obvious, like, big examples. I guess I guess the obvious Dr. One. Schultz from, De- from Django Unchained. <laughs> Dr. Schultz? Oh, yeah. Oh. oh he's, like, he's, he's, like, he's so nice hero. the whole time, and then he turns out to be... Yeah, so it's not necessarily a villain. It's just someone uh, who you underestimate. Yeah. Um, and some other ex- examples are Forrest Gump and Edward Scissorhands. And mm-hmm. one more that I oh put my on God, the Edward list. Scissorhands. Here's one that I put on the list because this one's this one's for you, Jason. It's because uh, I know how you feel about 
big old monsters. Mothra. (laughs) Mothra is the only benevolent kaiju in the Godzilla cinematic universe. I guess, And is only become super violent when her, like, little babies and her fairies or whatever are threatened. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Is Mothra... Nice. ...gendered? Yeah. Mothra's Mothra's a lady. Hmm. Momthra. Yeah. (laughs) Mothra? Sorry. Mothra? Mothra is cis as hell. It's it's it's, it's problematic, but Mothra she 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 does she abides. She's she identifies as she abides big by the old binary. moth. Yeah. It male, female, <laughs> other big old moth. Big old moth. Oh no, that's it. That's the end of the trope of the week. Play me off, Sam. Amazing. Burr, 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 burr. Harriet. Oh. Trope of the week. Did you remember what your favorite joke was? No. Honestly, did no. you like the woman poem? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Because I was when he said I, he was gonna do a poem about uh, a poem called "Woman," I was like, "What the fuck is this gonna be?" It was at least it was silly, and it wasn't. I was worried it was gonna be incelly. Mm. When he goes up, when he's like, "I'm gonna go say my girlfriend and I broke up, so I'm gonna go do a poem about women," and I'm like, Ugh. But it's like, it's, it's like, but it's kind of cute. He's, he talks about Josie and the Pussycats, and but it's yeah. stupid. I am. Um, I know how you feel, you guys, about the slam poetry. I do. I get it. I get it. When it's being done, like, in earnest, I like that it was, like, comedic slam poetry, which is why I didn't hate the scene where he tries to win her back on the rooftop. (laughs) I didn't hate it completely. I liked I Molly. liked his slam poetry because I hate slam poetry. I liked his. It was fine. And yeah, I liked his because it's like funny yeah. and there are jokes in and it. And the alien, I would have <laughs> loved to so see the, the alien me. guy. I would have loved to see that. He seemed fun. Yeah. Yeah. I just think like it was, it's like silly enough that you're being silly <laughs> in front of a person that you like. And you're like, this is stupid. And it's a bad poem, which he acknowledges. And the music. And the but, musical accompaniment. And the music is good and his like his points are funny. Yeah. I it would unfortunately work on me. <laughs> Molly is petrified and disappointed. <laughs> Molly I know. I've never seen she's not even looking at the screen anymore. <laughs> Her eyes lit up more when I did an accidental burp than just than you right don't now. like woman, wo- woman, woman. No, it's not Kate. Okay. Let me, let me love with you guys. Hello. Woman. Whoa, man. That's funny. Okay? <laughs> I'm yeah. just disappointed that you think that someone coming to outside of your bedroom window in the night on top and trespassing on top of a neighboring building. It's not trespassing if you have a band. And then coming to your window reciting corny ass poetry and it actually, after being turned away... With the band. Because no doesn't mean no in this universe. It means come back with a band and a beat, apparently. No. Yeah. And a mushroom haircut. And apparently <laughs> it would work on cat. So. And a trumpet with the thing on the on the front that makes it go. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Molly, I understand everything that you were saying. I hear you. I feel you. I logically agree with you <laughs> emotionally you're on a rooftop there are nice twinkle lights in the back someone you like you. is making funny jokes <sighs> i am but a simple human woman <laughs> girl 
not mad. I'm just disappointed, okay? I know! <laughs> that's why, that's why, if this happened to me in this scenario, I wouldn't tell you, like, I told him to leave. And then the next day, you're, I would be texting you, like, so he showed up with a band. <laughs> the trumpet guy had the thing on the end of his trumpet. There were fairy lights. So he's coming to meet my parents. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the equivalent. I it would w- be the equivalent of like that text that you get from your friend who like broke up with their boyfriend and then they're like, should I get back with him? And you're like, no, fucking yeah. no. And then you get a text after not hearing from her for a few days and she's like, so I did a thing. And you're like, fuck you, yeah. dude. <laughs> it's just a Snapchat of us being like, just yeah, like but just kissing his no, cheek. N- like she was crying onto your shirt, making like a little puddle yep. on your shirt for like three weeks, and making you go out yep. drinking with her and go to the country bar and shit. And then now all mm-hmm. of a sudden everything's hunky dory. Yeah, it's the things at the end of the trumpet. I don't know. I'm saying I'm not saying I would take uh, Charlie McKenzie back because I'm what saying it like. that big gesture. <laughs> I'm saying that big gesture would. Uh, would be like would soften me a little mm-hmm. okay would you let him climb in your window is that how the scene ended no was so. it I'm just I'm 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 extrapolating he, he, he goes up to it he goes I'm extrapolentilating <laughs> I'm gonna add lentil to every As word now <laughs> what is everyone's rating out of 10 for this movie out of 10 I would give it a and you gotta rate it out of um one out of 10 one and a half inch steaks Oh my god. One out of ten bowls of Fruit Loops. Yeah, okay. Dry uh, Fruit Loops. Seven point seven and a half. Seven and a half. Uh, but if this movie went through some a bunch of rewrites, some reworks, this ha- this has the potential to be a nine, but it mm. just this, is potential. This is a movie that yes. they should remake. I, not another Avengers, not another Fast and Furious, although God love them. Yeah, this like is the one. this this movie has potential to be amazing, but it's still pretty good. So I'd give it a seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Kat, how about you? I was gonna stick with what IMD IMDb. I don't know why IMDb. I channeled Christopher Walken there. IMDb. IMDb. It's, it's nice. Uh, <laughs> I, that, was, that was good. I am. I am. I. You're talking to my DB yeah, all wrong. DB is wrong. It's, it's nice. It's just it's it's nice. You're right, it's nice. Um, I would I would give it a six point five X wings out of ten. Okay. What about you, Molly? I would. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it six oranges on a <laughs> toothpick out of ten. Oh yeah. Oh wait. I'm supposed to do it then. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I'll do. Seven, uh, 7.5 naked uh, Mike Myers asses out of 10. That's in this way. You, oh, you little, see his full that's, ass. That's 14. That's 15 <laughs> cheeks. This is 15 cheeked up. Seven and a half what? Mike Meyer tidy whitey scene? Ooh. No, bare he ass. said bare ass, girl. No, I know, but I don't think I saw the bare ass. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you just censored God. it. You heard what he said and then you processed it and you went, Is that the know. part where he was hugging yeah. Ralph? late girl ralph mm-hmm. and he's like i'm naked and she, she grabs his butt <gasps> it's what cute. it's cute it's cat did you watch this movie did, like i don't know like, man mike myers was what his was I ass doing? was fully full screen naked hugging a woman and then she grabs his butt do we think he had a butt double or do you it think was it him. was his, his, oh, his maybe, ass it, really mm, i think yeah. that was his ass yeah. yeah okay let's end it on that goodbye <laughs>
goodbye now. Goodbye. Jason, thank you for joining us. Where can the people find you on social uh, media? They can follow me at Brodohool. That's B-R-U-D-D-A-H-O-U-L-E. Brodohool. Amazing. Do you have a podcast or anything that uh, people should check out? You can also uh, follow uh, <laughs> at YCO Podcast on Instagram and check out the podcast you should check out. It's a wonderful podcast between me and Kat. It's, it's a silly, silly, very interesting, very morbid podcast. <laughs> Amazing. Molly. We're- and I might be on it soon. Sp- Yay. Another spooky app. For Halloween. Molly, where can the people find you? You all can find me at molly.mca on Instagram or Molly the Witch on TikTok. Kat, how about you? You guys can find me on anything at It's Catherine Ram. And you guys, I mean, do us all a favor and do yourself a favor and come follow us on BombCom Podcast on Instagram and TikTok because the quality content that we put out is... It will make your day. It will it will be added value in your day. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And you know, like and subscribe, give us five stars. Leave us a comment. That's it. Goodbye. Leave us leave us leave us a little little sparkle emoji or a poop emoji maybe. Yeah. Leave us a live. Leave us a laugh. Leave us a cry, a love and a learn. Goodbye. Good. Goodbye now. Goodbye, Goodbye now. Bye. Bye. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs>